When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. It's The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Welcome back to The Late Show. My next guest tonight is the Oscar-nominated director of movies such as Prisoners, Arrival, and Blade Runner 2049. You now return to Arrakis with Dune Part 2. Your blood comes from dukes and great houses. We don't have that here. Here, we're equal. Men and women alike. What we do, we do for the benefit of all. I'd very much like to be equal to you. Maybe you could be Fremen. Maybe I'll show you the way. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Denis Villeneuve. So nice to see you again. Nice. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Well, uh, thank you. I had the opportunity on, on Sunday night to go to the U.S. premiere of Dune 2 and introduce you when you came yeah, out to, to address again. the audience. Thanks again. That was very nice of you. I'm thank a very you. nice guy. And, <laughs> but it was really a pleasure not, not only to introduce you, but to see it for the second time because I'd already mm-hmm. seen it in anticipation of having you and many of the cast members on the show. And, but I just saw it in a little screening room. I mean, a very nice sound and a beautiful screen and everything, but it was just me and a couple of people. But to see it in a the theater the way it's meant to be mm-hmm. seen, it's, it really elevates the experience extraordinarily, even finding out, oh my God, it's really funny at times, <laughs> this movie, especially Javier Bardem. Yeah, he brings a beautiful humanity and liberty to his character that uh, uh, makes a, his uh, arc even more tragic, I will say. Um, he, an amazing cast here. You have Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Suhaila Yacoub, Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, Denis Villeneuve, Austin Butler, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Florence Pugh, and Lea Seydoux. Um, uh, they were all there for, for the, the, the opening of it. Um, plus, you know, 1,500 other people in the room. Do you enjoy being there when an audience sees the film? It's, it's, there's, it's the final part of the film process for me. It's when I share the movie finally with an audience at the premiere. After that, I will stop watching the movie for the next 10 years. <laughs> I've seen it 100 you times. Don't, you don't, you don't but see I love it again it. after that? No, but I love that. And my kids were in the, in the theater as well, so I wanted to experience the movie with them a last time. And it's, like, it's, it's just like a, a, a moment I love when I feel the emotion with the audience. And after that, I can't watch it again. It's over. <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know, this is the second time that you have brought us to Arrakis, to you know, Frank Herbert's Dune, which so many people have in their own mind, and I'm sure you had mm-hmm. it for many, many years before you ever you know, created this film or brought it to us. And one of the things I really appreciate about your film is it, it, it adds to, it does not replace the images that I had in my mind. One of the most amazing things about your films, uh, this one specifically, but all, all of your films, is that they have a, a beautiful atmospheric quality. And in this case, you capture the feeling of reading the book, that sense of departure from this world into an alien landscape. And um, why do you think your films have that particular property or ability to do so? And is that intentional? <laughs> to, to have that, that feeling of immersion you're talking yes. about? Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a one of the power of cinema to to uh, bring. But not all films do this. It's like it's a, one of the reasons I I will say I choose to 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 adapt this book because I felt that there was like a possibility to do, do strong cinematic moments and out of this book, and uh, I'm happy that you felt so. I mean, I cannot comment on that. <laughs> about why it happens. Uh, yeah. That's just what you do. Yeah. I'm paid for that. <laughs> um, uh, because you had already brought us there one time before, did you have sort of freedom and latitude that you didn't have the first time, that you didn't have to lay out the rules of, the, of it, the world for us? It was like I had done all the homeworks in the part one. I had like draw the, sand, the, the, the board of the, we had designed the box, and now I had the, time, the chance to play with the sand, I mean, uh, in, the, in the sandbox. I mean, it's like, a, 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 it's like if I had I'd, I'd done all the homeworks of the, of the exposition, explaining the who's who and uh, uh, the backstory, and the, the second part is just a playful a playground for a cinema. I mean, it's like a, a, it's more of an action movie, much more momentum and, mm-hmm. and uh, sequences that are. I would say uh, it was much more difficult to shoot, but much more fun. It must not be easy to work with sandworms. <laughs> it's all about casting. I mean. <laughs> Got to get the right size worm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen the popcorn boxes that you put your hand in? I heard about it. Yeah, I'm with the teeth sure. in I'm, it. I'm, I'm not sure. I would love to see one. I'm. Not, I'm. I'm, I'm I think mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's. I see okay. them in my nightmares. <laughs> Actually, someone sat and draw this thing, and then there's people in a factory that worked, and then <laughs> I wonder what they thought when they were putting that in trucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of all the sand, but there's some kind of genius there because we are talking about it, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, it's certain things that upset you. You talk about a lot. <laughs> talking about the sand, you you shoot uh, a, a lot of this is shot in an area of Jordan called Wadi Rum, mm. which also uh, Lawrence of Arabia was shot there, Rise of Skywalker, Rogue One, Prometheus, and The Martian. So I, I'm familiar with that landscape, and I'm just curious. Like, what is the challenge for you to shoot there? Because when I saw Dune, I had to, I, someone told me that it was in Wadi Ram, but I didn't recognize it as Wadi Ram. I recognized it as its own place. How yeah. did you find some new way to present this such, this, such a famous desert, the, the oceanic majesty of the desert? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, uh, all about, uh, uh, there was a massive research that was done in the desert, uh, for, uh, done by my production designer, Patrice Vermette, who really uh, had the task to find new areas that had not been shot before. It's a very uh, uh, powerful landscape with a lot of variety of different kind of, uh, of rock. It's a fantastic topography. So it's a huge playground. 
and uh, and uh, but it, we we took the time to find places that had not been shot and seen before on screen. I didn't want the audience to have a feeling of déjà vu after part one. My favorite, my favorite. I love the desert, but my favorite is the design of Getty Prime. Mm. Is that which is the Harkonnens? For those who don't know, the bad guys, uh, they're pretty bad too. The the Harkonnens, um, uh, the black uh, brutalist architecture. Mm. Um, even the brutalist machines that they have, the Black Sun. Is it true? And I want to show you this. This is here's Austin Butler as uh, Na Baron Fader Alpha uh, in Dune Part Two, and he has teeth. You just can't see them there. <laughs> is it true that you shot this in infrared? Yeah, it's uh, just that uh, I wanted to have an eerie black and white, uh, and and uh, Greg Fraser, uh, my cinematographer, suggested that we shot it in the IR with RR systems, and it. Uh, 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 gave the the skin become like translucent. You see the veins and the yes. eyes become like insect like. Everything it's has like a stone like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it. quite a, a, a frightening look. And uh, the only thing about that is that you, there's no way back. I mean, uh, I had to uh, I had made sure to explain to the studio that we if we do we do that there will it was not possible to bring back color. So it's like uh, we committed on. I love to do that to commit uh, as we shoot. Dangerous. No, it's risky, but it's lovely. That's, 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 that's funny. That's, that's, that's the, fun. the risk the fun. is the fun? Yes, exactly. <laughs> does, the, does the studio agree? I hope so. <laughs> it's a um, bit late now. Uh, well, no, I mean, like, before you go to shoot. Oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, they yeah, agree yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. do they know, they know it's risky? And they're like, all right, we love risk. That's no, what no, studios no, no, are I, famous I, I, for. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, uh, legend, the people at Legendary uh, uh, were totally supportive of the idea. Um, this, of course, is the second time that you've shot with Timothy Chalamet. There he is as Paul Moadib Usul. Um, it shows Moadib growing as a leader, but also Timothy is older now. What was it like to work with him on the second film? Did you see changes in him? Absolutely. It was very moving for me to see someone growing up in front of the camera. So it's Matin part one was uh, 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 barely 23 years old. It was the first time he was mo- working on a movie of that scale, uh, trying to consolidate his identity as an actor, trying to find his place, trying to find a way to protect his focus on, 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 on set. And, and he learned a lot doing part one and a, a lot in the subsequent movie that he's, he's done between both films. And uh, then when he came on, on, on uh, part two, he was more of a leading man. I mean, uh, and, and it was re- re- really uh, beautiful to see him uh, grow, getting more mature and more secure on set. I, yeah. There's a, a language, the Fremen language, uh, Chakopsa. Am I saying yeah. that correctly? Absolutely, Chikopsa? yeah. So... Um, is um, spoken all throughout the film. You guys created a, um, a, a language, a, a vocabulary for this, and yeah. a lexicography, like a inflection and grammar and that sort of it's thing. It's based on some, there are hints of that language in the book, but uh, we hired a, a linguist, his name is David Peterson, who created the old language with its own logic into it, and the actors went to Shakopsa school. They learned like they were fluent in Fremen language, all of them. And, and there was a dialect coach on set that was making sure that they had the right pronunciation. And it, it was, they, they became really upset uh, and uh, uh, obsessed with the idea of, of being as good as they could be uh, with Shakopsa. At a point where uh, uh, one day I was uh, having a shot that was quite complex and I finally I said, okay, we got it. It was great. And the dialect coach came to me and said, actually, the pronunciation was not actually uh, correct. And I was like... <laughs> I said, come on, brother, it's a fake language. 
<laughs> and? No, no, but it, uh, we did it again. But the, 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 it's, it's, it's good for you. <laughs> that's, that's no, good. I, I, I absolutely, I was absolutely moved by the fact that everybody committed so much this to this language. Javier the, is great. Uh, uh, it's like he's so fluent in it. Yeah, yeah, he can almost improvise in Chakopsa. He's like the father of Chakopsa. <laughs> I love the idea of creating like not only just a language, but he had to create an idiom for the language, like phrases that would be unique to. Yeah, the... yeah, absolutely. There was uh, like uh, old poetry or old inner logic to the language. Like for instance, when uh, Zendaya at one point says to Stilgar, their character Shani says to Stilgar. You are crazy. You're insane. She says you're insane, and, and but uh, the way she says it in, in, in Fremen language is you're drinking sand. That, f- of course, for a Fremen is a, a, a sure a, a epiphany, the ultimate right. madness. <laughs> so exactly, it's like, you've got that, bats in your belfry. It doesn't mean anything, <laughs> but it means something. I didn't get it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Do you know the phrase "bats in your belfry"? No, because I'm French-Canadian, I have no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> it means you're crazy. Ah, okay, okay, you have okay. bats in the, in, okay. the, in the bell tower of your church. You have in, bats in, in the bell tower of okay. your church. In French, it means you're crazy. Tu as une araignée dans le plafond. It means you have a spider in the mind. Yeah. You see? That, that makes... That's, you're, you're drinking sand. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things that got me very excited, of course, after I saw... Dune, but I didn't know it was Dune Part 1. It was just Dune. Mm. Was that shortly thereafter, you announced that there was going to be a Dune Part 2. Mm. And I was completely satisfied with Dune Part 1 now, but Dune Part 2 came out. I'm just as excited about that. I loved it just as much. Is there a Dune Part 3? There, there will be. There's a second book called Dune Messiah. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I might do an adaptation of Dune Messiah that will complete the arc of Polar 3Ds. It will make absolute, absolute sense for me to make a final film and revisit Arrakis a very last time. Please. Denis, thank you so much. Dune, part two, is in theaters tomorrow. Denis Villeneuve, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.